Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot Route! I don't. What is Hot Route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. It is a bedlam blowout, and we are here. Carrie Murdoch, Eddie Radosevich. It's the Eskridge Lexus postgame show where uh, people are celebrating, Eddie, because uh, they now get 41% off of DeadSoxy.com. Pretty good deal. They had to have been a little nervous, though. <laughs> when it was 21 nothing. When it opens up 21 nothing. Even like it, when it was, oh, what was it? I guess 34, 14. Yeah. Or, I mean, 34, 13 at one point. It's like, uh. I don't know. Might go 61 or something, but it worked out. 41 is not bad. So, uh, yeah, congratulations. Uh, go to deadsocks.com. Use the promo code BOOMER, and you'll get 41% off of your next sock purchase. So, great time for the holidays. They're not even paying us for this podcast. I don't know why I'm helping them. Well, you, After you buy the socks, you might as well go buy a Lexus as well. Yes. You can wear the socks to go buy the That's the promise. That, that, you have that's to make the me. deal. That's the deal. If you buy your 41% off socks, that you will go buy a Lexus from Ed Eskridge. Uh, anyway, Sooners win it 41 to 13. And uh, Eddie. I mean, it's just an ass whooping. We said it last week. Uh, Eddie, how many beers deep are you now? Mm. Are we three or four? Looks like four. This is number four right That's now. It's number four. Okay. Number four. I have a whiskey sitting here that I haven't touched yet because I'm... Oh, there it is. Waiting. I didn't even see that. You snuck that in. That's what us alcoholics do. We sneak in liquor. Um, but no, I mean, we said it last week, and people argued with us on the site as because they argue about everything. Uh, that Well, maybe I was the one arguing this, but I thought this game would do more to legitimize Oklahoma's offense than sure. it would anything defensively. Uh, not that Oklahoma State doesn't have great talent. And by the way, one thing that hasn't been mentioned tonight, and partially it's because of the pressure, partially, I mean, I don't even know if we should get into the whole Mike Gundy, what the f*** was he doing uh, with his quarterback situation. I mean, it's just another Mike Gundy. It's head more, scratcher. It's more about Oklahoma tonight than it is what Mike Gundy did, but it's just so perfect with everything and all the hell that he catches for his now 2-14 and 14 Bedlam record. It was just a, it was an ass whooping of epic proportion. They got ran out of the facility in the first quarter, but you still at like halftime. I I DM you guys with the group and it was like they get the ball coming out of halftime and it's a two score game and it's a two score game. They can cut it to one and I'll be damned if the Oklahoma defense in the second half just they shut them down. And I I believe it was pointed out on Twitter that that was the only the second time since the Baylor. Or it was the first time since the Baylor game last year that Oklahoma pitches a shutout in the second half and the way that they were able to do it, even like the, I, we can get into it, but like the, 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 the stop inside of the red zone in the fourth quarter, I think that says a little bit about the pride that they have right now and what they're being yeah, able to no, do I defensively. I agree. And the two, fact that a, a two, three years ago, Kerry, they would have given up a touchdown probably on the first play when they get into the red zone. Look, and I'm not, pissed about this it gives us something to do which is great i mean i love being able to chase down information and put it on the board and keep people happy uh but the covid stuff i have a hard time seeing how that was really ever an issue this week when essentially you missed two key players in Jaden hazelwood uh and 
I'm always forgetting the second one. John Michael Terry. Jaden Davis was hurt. DJ Graham, great game today. Uh, we'll get in. You don't want to get hurt if you're a corner. He might get right some. Uh, he might get some accolades in this thing. I thought he was excellent. Uh, but uh, Jaden Davis, we heard kind of injured. Justin Broyles was on crutches. He was. Leron Stokes just has not come back from injury yet. Which was weird because I I thought if there was anybody that was coming back this week, he was going to be somebody like a Leron Stokes. And Austin Stogner uh, didn't quite return. Which is surprising. And, you know, I I guess just throw it out there. It's like we'd heard stuff throughout the week, and it's Bedlam week. It's like usually there is shit out there that's that's kind of weird but you always know it's gonna be yeah it's just like we talked a lot about uh orange power this week um orange factor orange factor whatever. rest in peace uh just bringing shit to the table constantly about um joe mixon's got a broken kneecap or something yeah um so it's like someone's always stirring up shit during bedlam week and sure. we're on our toes and i thought brett mcmurphy was stirring up shit uh, I didn't really try, and not that I don't think he's credible. It's just when it, it's Bedlam, and he uncharacteristically for a national reporter takes shots at OU every once in a while. Because sure. he's he's oh you OSU graduate. Yeah. He's he's I think he thinks he's having some fun. It was it's probably kind of funny for people that aren't you know you know affiliated with OU. Sure, and it was just it was it was weird, and you know we had heard or I had heard that. You know, something was going on during the middle of the week, but you just didn't know. And then, yeah. you know, before the game, we're doing the, like, what has become the most 2020 thing of all time is just, like, <laughs> sitting there and fucking waiting to see who's coming out of uh, the locker room for warm-ups. And, like, it's like, okay, he's here? Like, and Buki's working out? Uh, and I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm at home, like, as the slave driver, like, what about this guy? What about that? Did, did you get this guy? Like, each guy that comes out, you have to, like, mark off a list, basically. And it by was the, like, today, the way it worked out, we marked off running backs awfully fast. Yeah, because they, they're we easy to get. Offensive they're offensive line to get awfully fast. They're easy to get through. Defensive line's easy to get through. Uh, it's, it's the skill guys, because they... You know, I it's just there's there's more of them. I think that's probably what it is. Yeah, I mean, and, and they're smaller and they're faster and they're harder to keep track of. Like, sure. Like, like today, the only thing that was confusing is, uh, was it uh, Deshaun White or no? It was uh, uh, Guayu well, or Benito. It was Dick Benito because he wasn't wearing the like he wasn't wearing if his you jersey. if you haven't got to the game before they get out there and they wear basically these t-shirts and they have their number on them so it's really easy to yeah. tell and i mean obviously people will know who spencer rattler is or ronnie perkins or whoever yeah. those guys Austin are Stogner's but it's hard to miss you know there's some guys that let's be honest like the fresh some of the freshmen it's hard to identify just because you haven't seen them we haven't seen them in forever since they were in high school mostly yeah. no and you no. don't talk to those guys because no they're doubt. off limits to the media no doubt so yeah i mean you're just you're trying to track all that stuff uh, you're trying to figure out basically who don't you see sure. out of a sea of people. Sure. And so you go through position by position. And this was probably the most intense. And as we're doing it, I'm like, this isn't really that bad. Like, there's not that many people missing. That's the thing. Not when that I, many key people missing. Full disclosure. When I saw Ronnie Perkins, Perrion Winfrey, Isaiah uh, Thomas, Isaiah Thomas it was it was almost like a all right well what really was the situation this week and you know I'll be damned like Lincoln Riley admitted it after the game which I was kind of surprised that he even got into it as far as I they were worried and Gary you had said on what was that Thursday night that they were fairly concerned about testing coming back on Friday and I just yeah, don't they know they just didn't need it to go bad I don't know how much of that was are they really worried about like positive tests coming back or the thing that's been killing college football, and that's the contact, contact tracing. tracing. Yeah, and OU has kind of gotten around that a little bit by making their players wear masks when they're indoors in their homes. Well, and then when you hear the stuff about like, oh, the the defensive line's been hit really hard this week. Like the first thing that popped in my, into my mind was what I texted you guys. 
Ronnie Perkins and Nick Benito wore masks their entire interview session, and that and hasn't nobody happened. Has ever done that. That yeah. hasn't happened a whole lot this year. So, that, I mean, so was, that made us set, kind of the panic set in, like, oh shit, this could really be bad for the defensive line, which no was doubt. the strength going into this game. No doubt. And as you said, it all turned out everybody except for John Michael Terry was there. So, and as it turns out, it probably doesn't matter because, well, I guess it would have mattered if the defensive line was out. But I mean, that was was a dominant performance. And you know, it was it was a really Good performance by Spencer Rattler. He was solid. Uh, Ramondre Steven, it took, Stevenson it took a while, but he became pretty much the reason that they were able to pull away and salt the game away. I mean, a 99-yard drive. Another one of those weird Mike Gundy decisions where he punts it on the 39-yard line of o- OUs. I'll tell you, man, the... the Down by 21, the was venom, The venom for Mike Gundy and his job status will be at a full... Full force. That's going to be terrible. This week. And maybe, I mean, I walked out of there tonight thinking that might have been the last time we saw Mike Gundy coach against Oklahoma. Maybe. It's just so weird. I mean, because, like, you see Penn State and how bad they're struggling. Michigan is struggling. Like, clearly COVID has screwed up some programs. And and it looked like COVID was screwing up Oklahoma's program. Sure. The way things started. But the, the one program that really hasn't been affected... Nebraska's was bad before, so maybe the, it didn't count. The one program that hasn't been affected by COVID has been Oklahoma State, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, by the... Yeah, it's been more social injustice that's rocked Oklahoma sure. State. I mean, and they, they obviously got some problems, but tonight was about Oklahoma, and it, it was just... It was a very impressive performance. They... From the let me let me throw this out. Let me throw this out, and I don't want to make this too OSU centric, but it's just there's so many questions that I have. Well, I think I think in like a sick, demented way, Oklahoma fans like this. Like this was the this was a perfect performance for Oklahoma because when you can kick somebody while they're down, and especially a school like Oklahoma State, go do it. Here's the thing: it turned around Spencer Rattler's season, getting benched for a couple of series. Sure. Yeah, Bob wrote about it on uh, Thursday. That's not what Mike Gundy did tonight. Or today, excuse me. Mike Gundy may have just ruined a young quarterback's confidence tonight. Yeah. I mean, it he I mean, he screwed a guy over. I thought he I thought he had a concussion. Well, if he did have a concussion, then he's completely irresponsible and probably um What's the word I'm looking for? Negligent? I mean, Ronnie Perkins was just... He was out there to eat people in the first quarter. And I tweeted about this. I didn't think that was a dirty play. It was just no. the momentum. No, he just he the, threw him. It was such a fierce tackle. It's kind of impressive that... I mean, Spencer, Spencer Sanders, Sanders got Sanders up and tried to talk shit after that. He did get up and talk shit, and he got it in Ronnie Perkins' face, and Ronnie Perkins basically pointed him in the eye or poked him in the eye. <laughs> Like there was some, and then he could barely walk to the sideline. It was just, it was, it was strange. I don't, I don't think there's any other way to say it. Like that entire, from the moment that that game kicked off, and the way that Oklahoma was able to take the opening drive down, just right down the field into the wind, which I guess really the wasn't first that two big drives of a deal. were just like nothing. But it was like they, I mean, that was Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray esque yeah. as far as we're gonna just. And, and it was Lincoln Riley, vintage play caller. The uh, the 45-yarder on the second play of the game to Ramondre Stevenson was just, I mean, it was perfect. I thought the, the stuff that they did with Mikey Henderson was unbelievable. Like, how many times did they just attack the corner? Like, in yeah. those little rollouts yeah. with uh, Ramondre or Mikey. It was, it and was, they're undersized. I mean, yeah. uh, it was a 13, played hard, and he actually delivered a little bit of a blow to That's the to first Ramondre time. That's the, yeah, over there on the in yeah. front of the OSU bench. Right, uh-huh. That was the first time that I've seen Ramondre Stevenson, like... Go backwards at Yeah, all. kind yeah. of like... And he didn't... Obviously, he didn't get knocked down or anything, but that was oh, impressive. Oh, no, it, it hurt the OSU guy a lot more than it hurt Ramondre. No, I, I bet. But, I mean, they were undersized, and they just... Lincoln Riley just attack the outside of that defense all night long and you know they had some busts that you don't like seeing like the Theo Weiss touchdown uh, was just a bust they just let him run and, and he didn't have any help over the top and the safety tried to get over there but it was yep. too late and I mean look no Austin Stogner but I thought it was kind of ceremonial almost 
uh, assuring, reassuring probably for Spencer Rattler that he hit Braden Willis on a 15-yard pass to get him inside the 10-yard line. Early. I had to think that a lot of that, too, because that was on the first drive of the game. I had to think that some of that was, we're going to get you out there immediately and By you're going to have some yeah. type of impact on the game early. But, I mean, Mikey Henderson was a huge factor tonight. Jeremiah Hall, a huge factor. I mean, the H-back room is just, it's unbelievable. It's, it's insane. They arguably didn't have their best player out there today, and they were the best unit on the field. Yeah, the most effective, the ones that did the most damage. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, I thought Lincoln Riley was great as a play caller. He, he attacked them uh, the first two series. Like, they scored so... That was kind of the thing. They scored so quickly in the first half, or the first drive... You knew Lincoln Riley's like, well, shit, I got 10 more plays that are going to kill him. I haven't even run yet. Yeah. And then he runs him on the second drive. Boom. David Aguebu tips it to himself, basically. Not really, but he makes an incredible play. He was fortunate that they upheld the call because I think it could have gone either way. But you know what? It was close enough. They didn't overturn it. And then you go in, boom, it's 21 nothing. Uh, and then Shane Illingworth was just unsettled all night. Which you would have expected. I mean, I would be too if I was a true freshman behind that offensive line and had Ronnie Perkins, Perry on Winfrey, and Isaiah Thomas breathing Nick down my Benito. neck. Nick Benito. It's fourth time in uh, school history that OU scored 21 points in the first quarter against Oklahoma State. First time since 1988. 68 and 79 were the other two times. Or the other three times, I guess. 88, 68, 79, 2020. Huh. Someone's saying that Ramondre Stevenson. I I don't know. What? Someone's bitching about something I said on the radio early that I didn't say because they weren't. They're probably drunk and not listening. Probably not. Um. So anyway, I, I mean, this game for Oklahoma now they they are in the driver's seat. Well, it's, yeah, it's just unbelievable that, and I think Alex Grinch said it after the game. They're playing meaningful football in November, and to say that. I thought that that was going to be the case after they dropped to one and two after the game in Ames. I'd be lying. I'd be lying if I thought that they would be back in this position. And somehow, some way, they have. And Herb Street said this during the game. That I heard him and uh, Boogie probably going to have a really nice relationship after this, too. He was not impressed with Boogie. Uh, what did he, he say, though? Uh, he said he thought that this is the best Oklahoma, most complete Oklahoma team that Lincoln Riley's had. It is. 100%. I mean, defensively, they're... It, you can officially say it. They are very, very good. But they win against Georgia in the Rose Bowl. This defense? This team. This team wouldn't. They don't have Baker. They don't have Kyler. No, Rose Bowl. I know. Kyler should have been starting that game. <laughs> Different, different conversation for another day. Wow, you're you really added to the conspiracy theories. Different, different conversation for another day. But no, like most complete. What he's really saying is this team has an actual defense. Yeah, and I mean they're this offense isn't anywhere close because you know as no, well no. as as well as as Lincoln Riley called the game tonight. There's going to be a lot of people especially on the message boards, and I think I probably agree with them that second and third quarter was very blah. And I tweeted this during the game, but Oklahoma scores 41 points against Oklahoma State defense that a lot of people thought was, you know, probably the best defense that Mike Gundy has maybe even ever had. I mean, maybe the best defense OSU has ever had. I'm sure Pat Jones will take offense with that, just like he does with my Ramondre Stevenson takes. But, but at the same time, it's like 41 points. They scored 41 points tonight. Tied the most that OSU's given up all year. Like OU averaged seven point two yards per play tonight. Which that's shocking. That really is shocking. Because second and third quarter, I thought OU was very abysmal offensively, and I think that that kind of just paints the picture that not only has Oklahoma been spoiled rotten with what they've been able to do offensively, but at the same time, it's like they're starting to play really well. And Spencer Rattler played really well tonight. I mean, credit to him. I thought he would come in and turn the ball over at least once or twice. And he didn't even really get close to turning the ball over tonight. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was well, he did throw that one pass to Marvin Mims that was just like... Oh, that's right. Shot that's right. in the middle of the field. That's right. 
And there was another play there was where another Marvin one Mims that, had to knock the pl- the ball away. Yeah, down in the south end zone. Which, you know, I I don't blame the guy for trying to force the ball to Marvin Mims. No. I mean I like you, seeing that every once in a while. He has the number one play on Sports Center tonight. Yeah. I mean that 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 grab the on the game day on final. The, yeah. Oh, it was the college game day final. Right, yeah. That was an unbelievable grab. And the offense was humming at that point, so like you didn't even really get time to savor that play. It was just like they were moving on. Because they were they were going. Yeah. It was that was that was an unbelievable grab. It's one of the better grabs I've seen down there. Let me throw out a few things defensively. Uh, two leading tacklers tonight: Woody Washington and Brian Osamoa, both with eight. Uh, that's, sacks. A, that's surprising. Brian Osamoa, huh? Yeah, sacks on the night. Uh, Ronnie Perkins, your leader, which you probably would have expected with two point Sure. Nick Benito, one point five. Isaiah Thomas only credited for half a sack tonight. He did get the grounding penalty, which was big. Well, it, I, th- I think you said it earlier, Kerry. It's I, Oklahoma was over all over the quarterback so often tonight. It felt like the OU sideline was wanting a grounding call on like every other throw almost. Well, I think Spencer Sanders and Shane Illingworth both had grounding penalties. There might have been three, but I, th- I can only remember two. I mean, they were just under siege. They they couldn't block them up front. It, it's just it's, it's as simple as that. Couldn't block them. And, I mean, like you said, when you have Nick Benino, Isaiah Thomas, and Ronnie Perkins out there, and Perrin Winfrey really didn't do a whole lot tonight, but, you know, he does take, you know, he takes up double teams. He helps people on the outside. The linebackers played really well. David Aguebu had another good night. Uh, Brian Osamoa, you know, obviously led, led the team in tackles, so he had a good night. I'll tell you what, man. David Aguebu. He's starting to come on. I know that Josh was really complimentary of him in the uh, report card from tonight, but he made a couple plays. I mean, the the interception, which I thought kind of hit the ground, but maybe not. That's one of the, that's an unbelievably athletic yeah. play. You know who I I, w- I was talking to uh, Kaden McFarland before the game, and you know he was obviously he from Tulsa and covers Zayvon Collins up at Tulsa. Mm-hmm. David Awagbu has a little bit of that in him, doesn't he? Just that like, hit factor. Just, well, and just a, a big-bodied guy that yeah. can move. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things. It's like he came in, and I remember Neville Gallimore talking about mm-hmm. this when he was here, like how freak freak he was. Mm-hmm. Like they were just like, we can't believe what a freak this kid is. I thought he made a couple plays tonight, though. That like even Kenneth Murray wasn't making. He's got some of that. Uh, um, Ron L. Lewis country strength. Like, I can see that. He is, when he goes up against a running back, they they stop dead in their tracks. I could see that. I, I think him and... He's not country. I though. think him and Brian Osimo look pretty good together. Ron L. was very country. And that's not digging at Deshaun White either. No, and Deshaun White did some good things tonight. I mean, they've got three really good linebackers. They have a good defense. OU has a good defense. Which is insane to say. They were 114th in the country in total defense three years ago. Or, right. I mean, uh, two years ago. Excuse Let, me. Let's get into, is, uh. is it an old take that Buki should never play again? Or do you just kind of, you get enough good that you can live with it? I would say he played well tonight. I did think he put, he had a good game tonight. He had a, another ridiculously stupid play on Dylan Stoner. But he's... I, I told somebody up on the photo deck, it's like he's one of those kids that you knew in high school that isn't necessarily a bad guy by any means, but every time somebody gets in trouble, he just happens to be around. <laughs> like, every time that... like, And your parents are like, you probably don't need to be hanging out with that kid. Yeah. But it's not really his fault, but it is his fault because he's guilty by association. Like, all he did was point his finger at Dylan Stoner. But he had to know not... The ref told but him. But he just he said, kept Get off a f-ing running his mouth. It's like, I know. shut up. Like, somebody needs to get over there. You should have seen Roy Manning's <laughs> facial expression on the sideline. It's just... When he came over there. Because... It's like, it's like Buki, just... It's, I want you to do so well, but you're not helping the cause. He just has such a long history that it's driving the olds crazy. I know. Start with the sledgehammer. 
and just work your way on to Dylan Stone or tonight. I just don't get it, man. And like my dad is one of those guys too that like he just hates him. And it's like he played well, and I get it why people are upset. Like that shit cannot happen in a Big Twelve championship game or even next week. I, it's just one of those things. Like I, I do believe. Like if the coaches thought that there was someone that where they could bench him and they would be fine, they would. But I just think nickel is one of those spots they don't have the depth with, like they want to have. They have it at corner. They're getting it at safety. They don't have it at nickel. I'll put up the video, but like I, I had the entire play, and then I centered in on Buki on the on the on the finger taunt or whatever and it's just like just all he had to do was run away and i mean it, I just run and, back and to the like, line it's of like scrimmage. you say you know there's always stuff happening around him it's just like every penalty on the defense tonight was killer like yeah osu couldn't do anything on offense i think uh, and the the defensive penalties trey brown my god i felt so i mean i feel bad but then you're also frustrated well that the the pass interference call on the East sidelines was awful. With Tyler Wallace? Yes. That was an awful call. Yeah. It was sketchy. Yeah, because that ball was gonna that ball was never gonna be caught. Even no. if even if he ran a route on air. I don't think he touched him. I like I they were literally like it wasn't as bad as the Purdue pass interference last night. Yeah. But it was it was close. I mean, he was zigging and zagging so much, he was never gonna get that far downfield. No. It just it was but it was just it was just another, and there was Trey Brown. I mean, my God, it's like it. Oh, I know, I know where you're going. It's like the guys that keep continually making mistakes, and people have harped on this on the board. And Pat Fields isn't one of them right now either. Uh, he did have the uh, pass interference on the final uh, possess or the uh, what they ended up getting on the goal line stand there in the fourth quarter. Wasn't that called on Pat Fields? Hmm. I thought it yes, was. Yes, it was, because I remember the expression on his face, yeah. was, and that was a bullshit call. Well, I, I mean, any type of pass interference call in the Big 12 is going to be bullshit. I don't think that anybody knows what it is. I was surprised that Trey Brown was able to defend Jelani Woods two, uh, two passes into the end zone, those fades in the corner, both times, and didn't get called for pass interference. But they were great plays yeah, by him. Yeah, no, he, he had great position on the ball. He knocked the ball down on the second one. But you notice that people leave Woody Washington alone. Tell you what, we're, man. We're not going to f*** with that guy. I I told you when I walked in here tonight, their two best cornerbacks might be Woody Washington and DJ Graham, who DJ Graham's kind of the star of the night, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I asked or like Alex one C star of the night, I guess. But, I, I mean, he's he's big, he's long, he's, you know, he's... There was one play that was an overthrow uh, where he was a little out of position, but other than that, he was great. Jelani Woods had one reception for 12 yards tonight. And he is their char- he could have been their Charlie Kolar. Tylen Wallace had four receptions. They did a great job on him. Yards. I mean, they got a lot of penalties defending him, but they did a great job on him. At one point, I think that Oklahoma had committed more penalties to give OSU a first down than they than OSU had, had actually earned a first down. I believe it. I mean, they had like 27 yards or something in the second quarter. And they scored like nine points or something. Yeah, it's, it's just it was it was an ass whooping. It was that was about well, nine. It would have been that six. was the most complete game that Oklahoma's played this year for sure. But like even Buki, you know, the ne- very next play goes for a touchdown. It's like everything that you touch turns to shit, and it's not really his fault because I don't think the ball was even to his side of the field. No, it wasn't. It, the guy was wide open though. I don't know oh, what he happened was there. Wide open, but. The and the strangest thing out of out of everything tonight was the fact that at halftime you just you felt like OSU should be really happy well, about where it, they are. It's because of the Kansas State game. It's because of the Iowa State game. It's oh, there's, like there's definitely some PTSD there. Yeah, you've played and and as we said going in, it's it they've looked impressive against TCU, Texas Tech, and Kansas, but this isn't TCU, Texas Tech, and Kansas. No, and I think that you know we talked about that on the U uh, forty this week, just as far as. Like what? So is this is this team like really coming together? Are they really playing that well, or is it something about the competition? And I mean, I walk out of tonight think that Oklahoma is really playing really good football right now. They are. I mean, they're a good football team. 
Iowa State's a good football team. Which has to be a little frustrating, too, though, because you go back to that Kansas State game, and if they're just able to hang on to it... God, that's you, just embarrassing to think that they lost to Kansas State. Like, And yes, they had a better quarterback then, but still, you lost to Kansas State, and they're not good. I've always been somebody here over the last couple of weeks that has kind of shit on the idea that OU would have beat Kansas State if they would have had... Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson, I'm closer than ever to thinking they probably would have won at least one of those games. They would have won if they had Ramondre Stevenson because he would have, when they were struggling offensively and Spencer Rattler was all rattled, I'm not trying to make a pun there, he would have been able to control the game. And Spencer Rattler's, I mean, he's a completely different yes. player than he was in September. Yes. I mean, there's just no doubt and about that. And I mean, we've said this before too, like, even... You know, that TCU game when TJ Pledger kind of started to come out of his shell and it was the end of the Texas game, like, he he would be a better running back against Kansas State than he was then. Sure. There's no doubt about it. And I... I, By the way, did Seth McGowan play at all tonight? I don't think so. You know why? Why? Because they were playing Ramondre Stevenson. Well, yes. But even when Seth McGowan would get some carries... They were giving the ball to Mikey Henderson. Yeah, that's true. Mikey Good Henderson, point. I mean, I am fascinated with what they're going to do with him over the next couple years because they can move him all over the field. I mean, he does yeah. everything. I mean, I saw from the first time he ran the ball, I was like, he's different. There's so, that, like He has more wiggle than his hips than guys like Dimitri Flowers and I mean, Trey Miller. I mean, he hits the... He hits the hole better than some of the running backs that they have. Yeah. Like, Seth McGowan will... And he has some will, heft to him. Not like TJ Pledger. Like, you see him every once in a while. He just gets killed. Yeah. If, if somebody has filled the hole that he's running into, he has no chance. There's a couple times that he can maybe make a spin move. But, yeah. Like, he's not a... And the other thing is, I don't think people know how tough a runner Ramondre Stevenson was tonight. Even in the first half. Like... I'm telling you, that OSU defensive line is good. Yeah, they are good. good. And they were able to penetrate. They were able to, I mean, Trace Ford, just, I mean, he's a fantastic player. We don't have to tell Sooner Scoopers that, but. It's just unfortunate. He could be playing on on the Oklahoma defensive line. I remember us all being at summer camp watching him going, how are they not going to And the crazy thing is. I mean, and you remember, that was a time when, like, the only end rushers that they had had of note were. Uh, Oboe and Eric Stryker. Yeah. They were, it was like a desert of pass rushers in the program. He's a, and he's a great athlete too. And I think that's the thing that, like, people forget, or maybe people don't know, he had a grand slam walk off home run in the state championship game. Like, he's a hell of a baseball player. Yeah. For Santa Fe. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. I'm still bitter. He about played that. his ass off tonight. He's, he he's a good great. football player. He could play anywhere in the country. Yeah. No, he could. It's unfortunate. You know, with the new transfer rules, maybe they can get him and Dax Hill next year. <laughs> maybe Proctor will want to come back too. Which I think Dax Hill had a uh, game ceiling touchdown. I've for, seen or, him make uh, some interception. plays. From he had, Michigan a, this he year. had the game ceiling interception in the third overtime tonight against Rutgers. Well, Congratulations to the uh, Michigan Wolverines beating Rutgers tonight in three overtimes. Garrett Wilson had a day today for Ohio State. Did he? Yeah. I I have no idea how that game ended up the way that it did. They they just snuck up on him. It was crazy. It was a seven. I think game Indiana's a good football team. Yeah, they are. I mean, Indiana beat the shit out of OSU team I saw tonight. Oh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's what... Look, the the rankings are going to come out this week. I think there might be a surprise or two. I don't know. We talked about this already during the unofficial 40. I don't know what you do with Oklahoma. I don't know that they're in the top 10, but I want to know... I don't know if they... If they get a, the benefit of the doubt a little bit, if there's some kind of COVID yeah. bump that you get in there. Shit, if we're going to give people COVID bumps, you might as well give somebody a suspension bump. Because, like, if if Ronnie Perkins... Like, if we're going to take into account if guys aren't playing, you know, for whatever reason... 
By the way, did you cringe like I did uh, when Spencer Sanders took off to run that first touchdown in? A Rattler? Rattler, what did I say, Spencer Yeah. Sanders. Rattler. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't know that he could do that, though. <laughs> There's a Marvin Mims catch. We're, we're just catching up on SportsCenter right now. There's your boy, Mikey Henderson. Touchdown. I mean, what a dude. It's just unbelievable that... Not unbelievable, I guess, but it just... You know, talking to some Oklahoma State buddies today, it's like that was that was the moment that they kind of had as far as not making this season a failure, and it 100% is now. I mean, for Oklahoma State fans, I would have to think it is, isn't it? This is a team that had one of the better defenses that they've had in Stillwater in a while. An offense that you thought was going to be pretty good and just kind of all gone to shit. But the thing that's just so bizarre is that the story of the game becomes not OSU, you know, not making plays or playing up to their potential. The story of the game is clearly decision making of the head coach, Mike Gundy. And the oddities that were there. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, I think that at the same time, though, they just got so blindsided by the way that Oklahoma started the game. I mean, you dig yourself a 21-0 hole early in a game that, you know, historically, I you can say whatever you want about uh, the, you know, does that play effect into it, but you, draw, you dig yourself a 21-0 hole against a team that you've lost to now 90 times. Mike Gundy, they're there has showing to be it right something. now. The worst winning percentage versus a single opponent a winning percentage of 125 versus OU matches Jackie Sherrill as A&M against LSU, and I don't even know what the last one I was. mean, I believe it. 2-14 and 14 now. 2-14. and 14. That's awful. It's really but bad. It's kind of a, I mean, it's kind of along with historical No, it is, but at the same numbers. time, there's been years where... It's better than historical Oklahoma State's numbers. been a better football team. OU's been able to find a way. Like, 2013 is probably the most stereotypical bedlam game of all time. By the way, probably a bad idea to wear the same uniforms as the Tyreek Hill punt return. All the magic has gone out of those uniforms. Is that what the those were yeah. the same ones? Uh-huh. Yeah, they definitely didn't work tonight. No luck left in those uniforms. No. So, I mean, OU now moves on, takes on West Virginia, then Baylor. I don't want to shit on a good party, but OU better be ready to play next week. Yeah. I think that's going to be a yeah. tough game. I think West it's going to be a really, really tough good. game. I mean, and they're at home. Are they letting people in the stadium? Yeah, I don't think that it's a whole lot, though. I mean, I think it's like everybody else right now. I thought maybe they're they coming had off shut of it a bye completely. week. Coming off of bye week as well. Oh, it's it's going to be a race to the finish. I mean, I think they'll win out. I think they'll play Iowa State again. Big game in Austin on Friday. Yeah. I don't think Texas Huge can be game in Austin. State, though. Am I an asshole if I'm kind of cheering for him, too? I'd love to see an OU Texas Big 12 championship. Yeah, I would, too. I think that'd be fun. I, I will probably root for Texas to win that game in my deep deepest down. Like, some of those, those are the kind of games you don't know until it starts. Yeah. Like, you say to yourself, like, could I really root for this team to win? And then you have to wait for the game to start and find out how many times you get pissed off. Like, you'll find out pretty quick. If you get pissed off when Sam Ellinger makes a big touchdown pass... I would never do that. You'd be like, well... I'd never do that against a Horns Up for Peace uh, committee member. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm just... The, the, the theory still stands. It's kind of like... Uh, Watching like Nebraska versus trying to think of an old enemy. Nebraska? Like if Nebraska played USC in a meaningful game, you'd probably root for Nebraska. It's because USC's history. I might have but to be I can never root for Notre Dame. I, I might have to be revived to know that Nebraska's actually playing in a I bowl know, game again. I know. 
Like, like, be by Illinois today. I couldn't root for Clemson or for Notre Dame to beat Clemson. I just can't root for Notre Dame under any circumstance. See, I'm Catholic, so I have an out there. It, yeah, I guess maybe not. Rudy doesn't destroy it for you. No, even though he's an asshole in real <laughs> life, supposedly. Here, watch this play. There's the snap I was God. telling you about earlier. Kentucky snapped it out to the 50-yard line Come today. On, Kentucky, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, it was only seven to three at that point too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This game got out of hand. Imagine that. It was uh, it was a, it was a good performance though for Oklahoma. They are starting to play really well, and you know, I DJ Graham was like kind of out of nowhere. That was like out of nowhere today. Is it a good thing that you don't really notice Delirian Turner yell? Or should you be noticing him more as a safety? Mm. Like in the run game or... Maybe a little bit. I mean, the run game didn't suffer tonight at all. I mean, the run defense. No, no. They were great. Oh, you... you, L.D. Brown didn't do anything. Chuba was clearly hurt. I mean, is he he hurt? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, OSU's official Twitter account, like, Tylen Wallace, 100%. Chuba Hubbard, 100%. Oklahoma State's healthy and ready to go. And then Holly Rowe, very first thing, like, uh, OSU coach just told me that Chuba Hubbard has suffered an ankle injury this week in practice. They did show the replay. His ankle got really turned. Tonight? Yeah. Okay. Because I It was just... one of those where he got tackled from the side and his ankle went up underneath him and it bent all weird. And then he was out for a while. And he tried to come back, but he still couldn't do it. I mean, oh, you... Oh, you held OSU to two point eight yards a carry. They just and and they never got they never broke anything really. How about the how about the third and seven draw that OSU ran on the uh, no on the to to Chuba on the east side inside of uh, the red zone. I believe on one of their uh, first the when they OU held them to a field goal early. I believe. I guess that one just doesn't strike me. I don't remember it. It just was so Mike Gundy though. You're running a or in I guess maybe that's Casey Dunn. I don't know. It's a problem. By the way, uh, I want to remind you guys, Eskridge Lexus, the uh, official title sponsor, official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com. Uh, you know they got the December to remember going on, but you know what? If you listen to the Sooner Scoop podcast, you don't need to remember anything. Just tell them, hey, I'm a scooper. Go in there, say yeah, listen to the pod on Sooner Scoop. I'm a subscriber to the website. Uh, I'm, I, I want to look at a new Lexus, and they'll give you a great deal. So uh, go check them out, EskridgeLexus.com. Great leasing offers right now. A lot of the new 2021s coming out and in the lot. We've already taken some. Uh, Bob tried to crash one. Well, he didn't. He just got a flat tire. Um, and I've taken one to Ames, the, uh, the uh, ES350, I believe, with all-wheel drive, the first one to have that. Um, I've driven a Lexus for over a decade. Just great, great cars. Uh, and at Eskridge, uh, those guys do a great job uh, with customer service, great service department, uh, keeps those cars. I mean, I'm, I've been in over 200,000 in one. I mean, they're just, they're fantastic. They're no worry cars, great luxury cars to drive around in. And you know what? You haven't been taking vacations, all that stuff. COVID going on. You got all money saved up. Go get you a new luxury car. It'll make you happy. Uh, by the way, let, real quick, let's do this before we wrap it up today. Eskridge Lexus is all about embracing the best. That's why they are the official travel partner of the Soonerscoop.com podcasts. So it's time for us to recognize the Sooners best with our Eskridge Lexus player of the game. All right, I think this is kind of a tough one. Maybe not. Uh, I don't know. You want to do offense and defense? Yeah, let's do I both. Think offense is, I mean, it's from Andre Stevenson, right? Uh... Or you want to go... I could make an argument for Spencer Rattler. Just because of the way that he played. I, I, I thought Calm, this was... cool, collected. Yes, I think that's probably the best way to say it. Because I thought that this was a game going into it. And I said on pregame today, it's like... I thought Oklahoma State was going to be able to put a little bit of pressure on him. And I was interested to see how he kind of... Not necessarily handled it. But reacted to it, maybe. Just was he going to freak out? Was he going to turn the ball over early? And you had early? some lulls too, where he didn't start pressing, especially like early especially in the, in the second in in the second quarter. I thought, but he was able to push through it. And you know, as it turns out, I his numbers were great today. He made a lot of really good decisions. I thought early. 
I guess more so on those first two drives. I thought he was very deliberate in how he was putting yeah. the ball out. Yeah. And, you know, I he was... No, he was sure of himself. For sure. And I, I thought that he was maybe a little bit better than I thought he was going to be. And, you know, and I guess you know, that's a one weird thing, thing The one thing that was say. impressive about him tonight is he did get pressured. I yeah. mean, more so than he has in a very long time. And you know what? He stepped up in the pocket yeah. and made plays. He was the best in the pocket while the pocket was collapsing that he's been sure. since he's been at OU. 17-24, 301, four touchdowns, and then obviously the uh, the first touchdown that he ran in. I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson. That's fair. I, I, I just... I hope people kind of go back and watch that game and realize, oh, he wasn't blocking particularly early in the game, and they have a really good defensive line. There were a lot of runs that most running backs would have been tackled for a four-yard loss, and he would fight to get back to the line of scrimmage. Uh, and he didn't have a lot of big runs. It, it was all chipping away, chipping away. Mm-hmm. But when the, when Mike Gundy punted it and it got down to the one-yard line, that 99-yard drive, he was the biggest part of that. Oh, I thought the thirty-yard run right from the one. Even the uh, even the the run that he had, I guess the first play of the first, of the fourth quarter. It felt like towards the end of the third quarter, OU was starting to kind of maybe get guys tired up front, maybe run them down a little bit, and then because I remember, I think I think Josh even said it. It's like it feels like they're about to pop one. Yeah, and then the first play out of the fourth quarter, they pop it and. The rest is history. He, I, he had like and he s- just he he just chipped away at that defense. No doubt. He had what? Do you, what did he end up with? One forty nine, one thirty nine. Ramondre Stevenson on the night. I know he had over twenty carries because he had almost eighty in the fourth quarter alone. He had uh, twenty six carries, one hundred and forty one yards, forty one, five point four yard average. Gosh, and that's just that's against the hell of a defense. You know, it's, it, it's funny, like. You said earlier that they they averaged almost seven yards a care or uh, seven yards a play. Was it six point five? What was it per play? Uh, seven point two. Seven point two per play. Five OSU something. Three point six. Five something per rush for Ramondre. And again, it's like you put up forty one points and you just are kind of left wanting more. And I think that I guess maybe that's just the standard of what Oklahoma's had over the last couple of years. But at the same time, a very, very impressive performance. And I think that is the the number one thing that, you know, I kind of thought throughout the week was the fact that I still think Oklahoma State can play some defense. Like, I'm not going to sit yeah, here and can. shit on them. No. Like, I, I still think that's a good defensive group. But they've got problems on offense. And oh, they got huge problems. You know how football goes. You, they got huge problems. That defense will continue to get more and more frustrated with, as the offense struggles. And then eventually the defense kind of takes takes a step back. By the way, defense, Eskridge Lexus player of the game, we don't need to fight. It's Ronnie Burke. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I wrote it in the round table on uh on, on Friday. Enjoy the next two games that you know for sure, possible Big Twelve championship, and then whatever bowl game they go to because that's probably all you're going to see of Ronnie Perkins in an Oklahoma uniform. Yeah, unfortunately. And it sucks. Like, I I did think it was kind of interesting what Lincoln said after the game about Ramondre. Did you catch that? No. I like, I ab- about Stevenson being a very young back yeah. that has a lot to learn. Yeah, I, I do remember that. Is that, yeah. is that kind of a, maybe... See, he's... he's like, a- Please, pretty please, come he's back not in twenty one. Press conference. He's doing a sales job. Yeah, I think I know the answer to that. That it's not going to happen. But like, if I was if I was Ramondre Stevenson and uh, Ronnie Perkins, there's no way that I would be coming back to OU just because of the way that I was treated yeah. by the NCAA. And you know, I guess we should mention too that Trajan Bridges still getting fucked over by the NCAA. And he uh, burnt some bridges with the NCAA. Uh, I don't know if he burned any bridges, but he definitely he definitely went scorched earth. Yeah, and I mean, if everything that he is saying is true, and I have no no reason to think that he's lying, but it is a little weird. I just I don't know. I wish my I knew what thought, was going on. My only thought process is he's taken drug test here, but 
maybe when he sends him to the NCAA, they don't come back positive, but they come back like not clean. You know what I'm saying? Inconclusive? Yeah, inconclusive. Or potentially like, uh, what is it, that when your sample is... Uh, Diluted? D- not dilute. Yeah, I mean, something like... like uh, I know too much about drug tests, I think. Inconclusive. I just... I don't know what like what could be the the holdup here. It's I mean, just weird. He's flat out was talking about drug tests. Oh yeah, tweet, so. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, there's that can't be anything else. There's there's no doubt about that now. Like that's out there. It's just very strange. It's unfortunate. I feel bad for him and his family. I mean, we oh, know their family. I feel terrible for him. I I saw somebody that like posted on the board. I think yesterday, and they're like. I'm so frustrated by this situation. I was like, imagine how yeah, Trajan yeah. feels. Like this, it's just and bullshit. Jack and his mom, yeah. yeah, it's just bullshit. And prediction: I bet he plays next week. But if he failed another test or had an inconclusive test, he's got to wait two weeks, like Ronnie did. Oh, so that would be. See, I was kind of almost thinking maybe this was the second week. Of a failed drug test because he was so close last week. I thought, I don't know. It's yeah. I don't, Who it's, knows? It's almost not worth your time to try no. and. No, it really isn't. It's like he's gonna be there when he gets there. And the Hazelwood Hopefully. thing was interesting this 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 weekend. Like I assume it's COVID. I gotta think it's COVID. I mean, I that, that would be terrible if he was hurt again. And I don't think he is. No, I don't either. But that's got to be a gut buster. Work that hard to get back. And oh yeah, get COVID. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Hopefully, that's all it was. And you would think if it was, that's as close as you'll get to me being a COVID idiot, right there. Yeah. OSU all got it in June and hasn't worked out for them, has it? All right, I think that's going to do it for the Eskridge Lexus post game podcast. I appreciate Eddie sticking around as usual. We let Bob have the died off. He's he's. Been working hard. He's got uh, family stuff, kid, all that stuff. Josh, we're pretty sure he was drunk by the fourth quarter. The way he was tweeting. I hope he was. I would be, too. He's been moving. Been moving. You know, probably just nice to put the kids to bed and be left alone. Probably a lot of crying involved with moving. Not being able to find princess dresses and it's stuff like worst. that. It's the worst. It's the worst. Josh loves his princess dresses. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us. We will see you guys back for the unofficial 40 this week. And don't forget, uh, deadsoxy.com, because the Sooners scored 41 points, you get 41% off your next sock order uh, from deadsoxy.com. Just enter the promo code BOOMER. So little, cool little promotion that we've been doing with them. And uh, that's going to go uh, for several more days. So if you're listening to this now, uh, check the website. And we'll tell you, check our social media. We'll tell you exactly when that's running out. So thanks to uh, Eskridge Lexus at Eskridge, all the fine people over there. Uh, thanks to uh, Bob for working so hard today. Uh, go to Soonerscoop.com to see his latest work, uh, all the stories from tonight's win. Congratulations, Sooners fans. You want another Bedlam? You control your own destiny. West Virginia, Baylor, the only ones that stand in the way to make it to Arlington to possibly win your sixth straight Big 12 championship. That's going to do it for the Eskridge Lexus postgame podcast. We'll see you guys back again Wednesday for the unofficial 40 right here on Soonerscoop.com.